Welcome to Make Possible Bite Size, a weekly podcast brought to you by Permutive, championing change in publishing, advertising and beyond. Each episode, we chat to an inspiring guest about their careers, their lives and how they're making change possible. Let's bite right in. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for the second episode in this series dedicated to mental health awareness. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, uh, the aim for this series is to show everyone out there that someone like you is going through something similar and that perhaps we can learn from each other on how to remain resilient. Last week, my friends talked about our experiences in the media industry, and a couple of key points I got out of that conversation was, one, it's okay to not be okay, and two, it is also okay to be happy despite everything that's going on. I'd like to thank Permitive for making this possible and Beop for creating the conversational platform to shed light on this topic. In the description, we provided a few resources on mental health. Please have a look and share them with your loved ones. For today's discussion, I have my friends Sandy, Jeff, and Larry who work in the healthcare industry. This is quite a shift in perspective from last week's episode as Sandy, Jeff, and Larry have been on the front lines of this pandemic. Being a veteran of both wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, I do not use the term front lines loosely. I want to thank today's guests for all their work and continued efforts to fight this pandemic. Prior to today's discussion, we had a chance to write some thoughts down to get us zeroed in for this topic. Um, I briefly mentioned last week that I was getting FOMO looking at everyone's Instagrams during uh, the pandemic, and it seemed like people were on a different planet than I was. With uh, everything, like, you know, you, you guys just, uh, Jeff and Larry, you guys described like what, um, you know, this past year has been like just like a tiny gr- a glimpse at work. How did that carry over into uh, just life in general? Like, how has life at home been like? Um, well, I think the, the toughest part was um, raising my baby. And if I needed childcare, um, I was very hesitant to taking my daughter uh, to my in-laws, you know, just because the risk of transferring over that uh, virus over to them or, you know, getting them sick. Because, you know, back then they didn't know anything about how um, the virus was transmitted between uh, pediatrics, let alone infants, you know. So um, that was always a scare. So you have to sacrifice, you know, the sleep. You have to sacrifice risking seeing other family, even though, you know, they want to see their grandbaby. Even saying no to my mom, uh, can't be visiting, even though you're from driving from California and whatnot. So uh, I think just being able to get together uh, for comfort, for, you know, enjoying each other's time and stuff like that. I think that was uh, the toughest thing just because risk of infection. <clears throat> and speaking of uh, risk in, of infection, like I, I know this past year, Larry, you're, you're, you know, you're a new husband, you know, starting to get the family together. So how, <laughs> how was it planning, um, planning like a wedding during this pandemic time? Wow, that was a crazy, crazy experience. And mostly because planning a wedding just by itself is just a task in general. And you're having to deal with uh, family, the interactions between family, um, learning them, trying to decide what do they want? What do we want? And you couple that with also the risk of COVID to try to find out, are we even having a wedding? And so me and my wife went through so many ups and down emotional roller coasters to try to figure that thing out. Um, it got to a point where we're like, hey, the vendors are saying we can only have like 20 people and we've already sent out like 280 invites. 
and everybody said they're going. So we're like, how are we going to tell these people? <laughs> how are we going to tell these people that, you know, it's just, just we, I don't know, you have to get your refund. It's pretty much over, but we found a way to kind of stick through it. Um, we're definitely believers in Christ. And so he's definitely been at the forefront of getting us past a lot of uh, the struggles and stresses that we had through it. Um, luckily enough, we were able to work it out. And so, you know, God really, God really blessed in that regard. That's, that's amazing to hear. So you have the stress of a wedding, um, owner of four <laughs> rental properties, and you're also ER nurse. Uh, what techniques, uh, activities did you do to stay mentally resilient during this time? Uh, so I think like a lot of people during this time, there was this question of uncertainty. There was a lot going through, going on in the media around the world. I mean, I literally had to ask myself the question seriously, do I need to go to the store and buy 100 rolls of toilet paper before I'm done for? That was, that was a legit question, honestly. And, um, <clears throat> and having to deal with the unknown and still trying to figure out how to stay sane and make sure you're doing what's best for your family and the people you're responsible for, which in my case was for other families in addition because of the rental property. And for me, I'm very big on um, a couple of things when it comes to uh, mentally pushing through any situation. My faith in Christ, good exercise. And I love taking quotes and lived experiences of others who have been through tough situation to shed some light on um, what I should expect and how to mentally operate through it. Like for example, um, one of my tenants lost his job. And as soon as I heard that there was like five seconds of panic where I was like, oh man, this is, this is horrible. I've got to pay these bills. There's like the state has said they can pretty much go without paying any rent. So they're basically living rent free. This is just gonna really just kind of build up and kind of just burden on me. And another tenant has been cut from their job and needless to say, I mean, there was just a lot going through my mind and I was just kind of went through like a quick reference of just being very sporadic, right? And um, in my mind, I went back to a quote from a movie by Will Smith. A lot of you probably have watched it. Um, it's called After Earth. And it pretty much went like, um, the only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. Now do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real but fear is a choice. And the actual outcome of that situation was completely different from what I led myself to even, even believe. They did end up leaving on their own accord and on good terms, actually paying a month's rent in advance before they actually left. So that definitely worked out. And being a nurse has been an honor during this time, but there has definitely been worries of if I could bring COVID home and potentially affect family around me, uh, questions of should we have this COVID wedding when we've been, that we've been planning for over the past several months. I mean, you take the stresses that come with planning a wedding and even without COVID, like I said before, it's just already a lot. But I'm so glad me and my wife were able to focus on our goals, not letting the fear of what could encompass us prevent us from moving forward tactic, tact, uh, tactfully and with a plan. And so I say, take care of yourself. Health and wellness is such a huge part of your mental overcoming stressors, um, use references and positive reinforcement to direct your mind towards a better way of thinking and stay, stay close to family. That's the best support. Absolutely. Uh, Sandy, like uh, how, how did you approach 
uh, this past year with regards to uh, um, mental resiliency? Um, so, you know, if I, if I had to be really honest, I, I, I wouldn't, when I think back of the last year, I don't really necessarily consider myself to be very mentally resilient, or at least it didn't feel like it, right? Like most of the year, it felt like I was drowning <laughs> um, and that I was just barely getting getting by. Um, and so there were really tough days and, you know, piggybacking off of, uh, you know, the first question and about how, you know, you're stuck at home and you can't distract yourself by doing things. Um, well, that's great. Um, but, you know, with last year came a lot of uh, political unrest and a lot of things that were, were, were being replayed on TV all over, like over and over and over again. You, you couldn't escape it. There's nothing, you know, a lot of the realities of what we were facing was on the news every day in our faces. We had nothing else to do but look at our phones and watch TV, you know. Um, so that was, you know, that was that was that was pretty tough. Um, and I also spent, I, you know, I don't know if Larry and Jeff feel this way too, but I also spent a large part of last year feeling very angry a lot. Um, you know, with being a nurse, like there was a period of time where we were being called heroes all the time, like in the news. You know, we'd get like pizza, free meals. Chipotle yeah. would give us free food and I was so bitter, you know, and I, it makes me mm -hmm. feel bad sometimes to admit that I, I get, it's not that I'm not appreciative of, of, you know, the recognition that we as nurses are getting, but it, it almost made me feel like people were trying to tell us like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, you know, like you guys are heroes. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a distraction from the fact that like we were suffering so much on the front lines. Um, and granted, I wasn't even, you know, we talked about this, I, I wasn't really even on the front front line or because I didn't work in an emergency room or the ICU, I worked in a relatively protected unit um, in the neonatal ICU, but, you know, it affected all of us and there was a lot of unknown at the beginning. Um, so I don't know, I mean, I went to therapy regularly um, I did my best. I, I kept going, even when I felt like there was really nothing to talk about. Um, and, you know, I, I just tried to tell myself that like, no matter what, at the end of the day, you're doing the best that you can. And so maybe on those days where you can barely get out of bed, it's okay. <laughs> Tomorrow <laughs> is a new day. Um, and so, because, you know, in the past, you know, I would beat myself up for not handling things a certain way. Like I would, think back and be like, oh, I could have done this, or I should have done this, or why didn't I get anything done today? Or I told myself I was going to go to the gym. I told myself I was going to work out. And there's just some days where it was just so, it was just too hard. Um, and so something that I've learned in therapy too, is to really have grace for those moments. Um, because if not, mm -hmm. you know, it would keep you in this like cycle of shame, like, uh, goal setting yeah. and then not not being able to achieve those goals and then beating yourself up and then you you know you just spiral over and over again and so you know basically the theme of last year was just do your best just do what mm -hmm. you can and it's okay if not every day is going to be a stellar day where you feel great you are mentally resilient you know um but you just have to you just keep moving on so 
Absolutely. Um, you know, like I, wow. I think this, the, the, yeah, this past year, um, you know, um, Jeff, Jeff knows how I am like throughout life is that mm-hmm. I always had to set a goal. But I think uh, with the pandemic conditions, uh, pretty much it's just that had to be on pause. And it's basically day to day and get the family through it and try to be as positive as I could be, even if you could like, you know, like you, you just tried to be positive. Uh, with Jeff, like how, how did like, you know, what techniques did you use uh, this past year? Man, I really think I took the easy route compared to Sandy. Sandy, I, I pretty much turned to my vices and that was alcohol uh, for a little bit. I mean, I was, I was drinking to drinking, you know, at, at night to believing myself that I was keeping myself um, mentally resilient through the pandemic with that. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of nurses there that, that can relate and say that they've been kind of like, closet alcoholics, you know, if that's the only way to sleep, only way to deal, you know, to take at least some of the stresses away, you know, you're, you're in the ER, you're hyped on this adrenaline, the whole shift. It's exhausting. And I, I realized that my coping mechanisms are pretty poor. Um, but like Don said, I, I'm just so thankful to have Don in my life is because um, one of the things that he taught me um, is to seek counsel. Um, and when I would reach out to him as a mentor, um, I've always done this throughout my whole life. He gave me a lot of valuable lessons to learn uh, on my own, like stoic- stoicism and developing discipline. Um, he kind of gave me the little jump start again on um, using fitness as a discipline. You know, um, take your time out during the week to at least exercise um, and, and release all the stresses that you have, or just not think of it, about anything except your breath. And there was a time where me and my cousin were actually having a uh, running contest with him and his friends uh, that I tried to run a little, uh, yeah, at least a mile a day, and my cousin and my cousin ended up running like 350 miles in one month, which is absurd. That's crazy. You know, oh and, and, you, and you guys and and you guys can see how how much more mentally tough he is. But the point is for me is that I had to seek counsel and 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 reach out to my mentors when I knew that I didn't have any, um, you know, mental resilience. I had a life coach too, Sandy's name is Bo Ash. Um, the, the most important thing that he taught me was to really just let go of things that you cannot control and focus on things that you can control. And that's mm-hmm. probably the most cliche thing, the easiest thing that anyone can say, it's really easy to say, but God, like so what a game changer. Hard. You know, like <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you one of the best examples is um, had a patient who was uh, intubated in the ER, family screaming outside of the, the lobby, just trying to yell at you and just, you know, just getting really, really angry, saying words that they shouldn't have. And you got to take a step back and realize if they're upset, you can either be upset back at them or develop the empathy and compassion um, and rather than have frustration and anger back. So um, the things that I could control was my feelings toward them. And uh, thankfully I chose, you know, those two um, empathy and compassion other than frustration and anger. So that helped a lot. yeah, and I just want to thank Don for giving me some tools to stay disciplined uh, throughout that. So, yeah, appreciate you, man. I just, I, I just want to let the viewers know that I didn't ask him that question particularly just so he could put me on a pedestal. That was uh, <laughs> that's not scripted. I want to put that out there. Um, so, Je- yeah. So Jeff um, and uh, Sandy and Larry, like I, I know you guys. Um, you know, like it's it's definitely been a difficult year and you know it's, it's still it's still going on right now um what are things that you wish 
that um you know like i, I know we mentioned some things but like it, like if, if you could just put like a couple things out there like what do you something that you wish that you did better or are going to do better moving forward uh, jeff like i'm gonna tell, tell on you on your mom uh, for drinking that alcohol but <laughs> that's, that, that's that's one but like you know like what are, what are things so uh, you know, people who definitely relate to your guys' situation, you know, like, what would you tell them that you wish, like, you could do better moving forward? Mm. Um, the biggest thing that I took from that whole situation, um, and I, I continue to work on is, uh, I wish I knew myself better back then. You know, I, you know, everybody always thinks like they know themselves, but I really, really wish I knew my limits, my work balance life limits, my personality limits. It was pretty tough, like working three nights a week on a non-consistent schedule because sometimes you don't get the schedule that you want from your managers or whatever. I was watching my baby uh, nine to five pretty much when my wife would go to work five days a week. I had to go to clinical because I was doing my nurse practitioner school like once or twice a week. I was doing homework and trying to have a social life. So I was really wearing myself thin. There was like so much we can do uh, that I could do. Um, I felt like I burnt myself out in my professional and my personal life. So I wish I had would reach out sooner, um, not turn to vices that would uh, temporarily make myself make myself feel better, and um, I don't know, just kind of fix myself ahead of time. I maybe I should have thought about taking my pride, you know, like that. I think that's a Filipino trait in general, but like my pride, you know, I prided myself in my work, um, what I do at home and what I do at work. Like Sandy, like you said. I feel like our love language, our giving love language is acts of service. So if I wasn't doing something, I felt useless. Um, one of the things I wish I should have done was, um, I, I wrote this down, it was, I should have written the top 10 things most important in my life at the time, mm -hmm. and then circled the top three, and then just worked my entire world around that, which was my health, my family, and then like my school work. I mean, I also had some other aspirations, like running a marathon, like, my cousin Don or getting nice at golf or doing side hustles or even hanging out with my friends and having small barbecue parties like that doesn't matter. You know, if the top three doesn't work, it nothing else works. So, um, you know, actually Don, what panned out in like my favor after doing all that, you know, have, asking you for help, asking my life coach for help and kind of getting priorities straight. Um, I have you guys to thank for like flipping that switch at the time when I thought my energy was low. So, um, the silver lining of that pandemic was that pandemic allowing me to tap into like a mindset uh, that I was probably too immature to hold back then. You know what I mean? So uh, the values that I learned from my like, stoicism were like, I created discipline, finding motivation each and every day um, to seek accomplishments, create happiness, pursue excellence, promote positivity and like manifest the future that you really want. Um, so I feel like after reaching out to you and Bo um, and other nurses, like like-minded nurses, like you, Sandy, I've, I've always texted you about it. And then Larry, like I see you at work and, you know, I always try to stay positive around everybody. Like it really helped me find clarity and relief knowing that um, we were all going through this together. Um, and that, you know, as long as I put my best foot forward and stayed positive, uh, I know I'll be in a better place. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, pretty thankful for all of that to happen. Uh, and, and always moving forward with gratitude. Larry and Sandy, uh, what, what, what are things that, you know, you're going to do better moving forward? Um, well, you know, it's funny that, you know, Jeff, you said earlier that like, Sandy, I feel like I took the easy way out because, you know, we, we've had personal conversations and 
every time that we have talked, I always used to feel like, oh my God, like, how's he surviving? <laughs> and I'd be like, wow, like I'm over here complaining about like not, you know, sleeping six to eight hours, like during the day for night shift. But, you know, my friend isn't even sleeping at all, you know, between going to school. So, you know, I just want to say like, we all have vices and alcohol is just one of very many. Um, and so, you know, you know, alcohol personally isn't mine, but, um, I, you know, I can scroll on social media for like hours. Like that's my vice is just repetition and just watching things that I shouldn't be watching. Like my, my boyfriend has this saying, like he'll, he'll call me at the end of the day and he'll be like, have you blinked today? (laughs) (laughs) He'll ask like, have you blinked? Remember to blink. Don't forget to blink. So, um, I just want to like give you credit, you know, um, for that you didn't take the easy way out that, you know, your pain is your pain and, and that, you know, but if something that I could do better is probably, yeah, stay off social media more. Cause that, that was, it was like trigger after trigger after trigger. Then I would get hyped mm-hmm. up and mad. And then, um, <laughs> and so, you know, it, it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't really conducive to, to my mental health. Um, and then also just to, uh, be a lot more forgiving to myself Mm. um you know again uh a question that my therapist has asked me in the past is you know see me like have you how often do you just let yourself be upset about something how often do you let yourself just be angry um and so Mm. a lot of times like last year you know as we said before like I spent a lot of last year just being so upset and being angry about everything that was going on in the world and um but but then I would feel guilty about it. So then it would just be like this repetitive cycle of like, okay, I'm really upset, but now I feel bad about being upset. And you're just mm-hmm. fighting yourself all the time. So, you know, a practice that I would like to be better at is just like, hey, it's okay. It's okay to feel all these things. And the only way to move forward is, is through pain and not such great feelings. You know, you can't, there's no way around it. It's always going to be there. So um, just being forgiving, you know, forgiving myself for, for who I am being human, um, is probably something that moving forward, I, I really would try like to work on. So strength through struggle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, for me, um, things I wish you better for me, it's more so on in life. I'm finding that there are just a lot of different things or stimuli that's kind of reaching and grasping for our attention left and right, whether it's like going back to what she mentioned on social media. I mean, first it started off as like MySpace, if you guys remember that, Facebook, <laughs> I mean, on MySpace, I mean, in MySpace, you could like Friendship. have the music in the background and like have your whole thing going. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? But yeah. I've kind of seen this progression in life and I'm not that old. I'm only 30 where you know, it used to be we go outside with friends and everything was that outside. I mean, mm-hmm. the people remember playing basketball, just playing yep. hopscotch. I must admit, I did do hopscotch for like a short time. Guilty. There was... <laughs> guilty? Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I, got, I got somebody else with me. Yeah, got somebody else with me. But um, there was just, I remember just there being a simpler time where I could just enjoy, um, enjoy the simple, th- simple things and not being so captivated by um, the media trying to grab our attention left and right. And so I kind of go back to, when it comes to me doing better, just 
working on myself a little bit more, doing more reading. I mean, I always tell myself, hey, read this book at least two, three pages a day. And I find myself doing it like maybe once every two or three months to, and that's a huge thing because self-education is important. And a lot of, I think there's a quote that goes somewhere. Don't, don't uh, like take me this for a fact, but like if you wanna keep a poor man down um, or some, something along the lines, if you wanna keep uh, somebody in the same place, give them a book to read and they pretty much won't read it. Something along that lines. And mm -hmm. so um, I, I really wanna say that if it, when it comes back to what I could have done better, it's just self-education um, being closer to my family, enjoying those times. Um, with all the stress that was going on with the wedding, I was so kind of just captivated by everything else that was going on. I couldn't truly say I could even enjoy my wedding to the fullest. I mean, as soon as mm. they started, it was over. And yeah. if we didn't have any pictures, it would be hard for you to convince me that we had a full day's wedding, to be honest. Wow. I mm. think. <laughs> And I think that just kind of ties back to appreciating the moments and not letting stress and anxiety prevent you from enjoying what's right in front of you. I mean, you've heard the saying, my, 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 where is the time gone? And that's a real thing. So mm -hmm. enjoy the moments as they come. And that's the best thing I think anyone could do. Definitely. Like, I, I think, I think this pandemic, um, you know, all the death that the entire world has experienced is unfortunate. And for the ones that uh, are still around right now, it was more so of, uh, I suppose, a forced reset into layer yeah. to like what you were talking about into appreciating what we had prior to, you know, social media and whatnot. Uh, just appreciating <laughs> simple and basic uh, things. Um, last week, I asked uh, the group if they had any final thoughts, um, but like for you guys, are there more questions uh, that we need to discuss or any additional observations you'd like to bring to light uh, before we sign off? Don, I had a, um, yeah, no, no, yeah, and then I mean, we could edit this too. So, well, I just want to bring a, a company to light that I think would be a, a great resources for nurses in Arizona uh, right now. Uh, there's a company called Earn E A R N uh, that's focused on finding the right opportunities for nurses in Arizona who feel that their current situation isn't working, um, whether it's scheduling, salary pay, location, or anything else. Um, these guys uh, would love to work with nurses, interview them to kind of assess their needs um, and pretty much headhunt their resume for them across the valley and land them a job that I think would be a better match for them. Um, I met these guys personally. It's uh, Ryan and David. Um, yeah, and, and their website is earncares.com. Uh, I, I think some nurses who are either afraid to reach out and find a new job that's uh, outside their comfort zone um, I can give an example for myself. Like I, I've worked as like a, a nurse's aide at a hospital and I only know what I know. So the only next step was to just work as a nurse in the same hospital. I would never to think like, hey, maybe I can work at uh, my own schedule as a home health nurse and kind of travel and, and have time myself when I drive or work nights um, at some other place or be on call for a doctor's office. I think these guys work really well to helping uh, nurses who don't have the time to do that for their own resume and their own professional uh, career, they can do it for them. And uh, they also give a lot of um, great uh, mental health resources as well. So yeah, earncares.com is 
um, pretty legit. All right. Yeah. Uh, Sandy, Larry, uh, any final words? Um, yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback off what, what Jeff was saying, um, you know, I just switched from the bedside to uh, a case management job and I work from home. Um, mm. That was a pretty tough decision for me because, you know, like Jeff said, you know, in nursing school, we're all trained to believe that bedside is the only way. It, it's like, it's the top, the top tier of nursing, you know, mm -hmm. you go to the floor and then you go to the ICU and, mm -hmm. you know, you're gonna be big and bad. Um, and so again, you know, it was really tough for me to, to leave because I felt like, well, am I taking the easy way out? You know, um, is this less, does this make me, does this make me less of a nurse? Mm. Um, and so for a lot of nurses that are struggling with their mental health or just, you know, having a hard time being at the bedside, um, there's options. Uh, there's, there, there are opportunities that are conducive to your work-life balance and your mental health. Um, and so, especially, you know, in a profession again, where I don't, there is such a lack of mental health support, you know, there's no classes in nursing school, part of your curriculum that says how to take care of yourself 101. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just like the Facts. more, right. The more selfless you are, the better the nurse you are the more self-sacrificing and selfless you are. Yep. That, that just makes you the best nurse there is. And that's not, that's not true. And, but no one teaches you that. No one, no one teaches you that. So I would say, you know, to, you know, other nurses that are listening to this or, or want to have a conversation about this, that it's okay to not want to do the traditional things that like a nurse would do in the trajectory of their career, um, that there's options and resources and um, that it's okay to reach out for help too. Even if it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be like, you know, Jeff, you have a friend and a life coach and your cousin, like someone you can, you can always talk to someone. So oh, yeah. Thanks, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, to that point, um, I just want to pick back off the fact of uh, nursing not having to necessarily be like the only thing you're into. And so anyone out there who has just had a dream about pursuing some other goal in life, and there's this fear component that comes with it, um, um, try your best to get past that. Try your best to get past that because you'll find that a lot of people's fears will keep them from doing what they really want to do. Mm -hmm. And I myself have enjoyed nursing. It's been, I believe nursing is by far the best career I could have ever chosen. It has opened up so many opportunities. I've been able to work all around the country and just accomplish so many things. But even now, I find myself in a transition out of that field, not because I'm necessarily, uh, I don't necessarily have a passion for it, but for whatever it is that you want to do, um, pursue it. Because the one thing you don't want to do is regret not trying something um, when you're at the end of your day, you know what I mean? And so um, that's the last thing I could really leave with anybody. Um, just um, be true to you and make sure you're doing the best thing you can do um, to grow and evolve yourself from one step to the next. You guys, you guys are super inspiring. Um, we'll, we'll end on that note. Um, it wasn't long ago when we used to bang pots and pans at 7 p.m. <laughs> in New York City uh, to, our, to thank our essential workers. Um, though I live across the river in New Jersey these days, um, to you guys out in the West, um, I want to thank you guys for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of our healthcare workers doing a thankless job. And of course, I want to thank you, the viewers and listeners, for checking out this discussion on mental health. 
Uh, next week, we will be checking in with the media industry again. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Everybody, thanks. Thank you. Everybody take care.